0: So, real quickly, how many of you know this guy that's coming on the screen right now? Who is that? Anybody know? Mr. Rogers, right? Mr. Rogers and his neighborhood. Now, do you remember the song of Mr. Rogers? Well, if you do, we're going to sing it, okay? Okay. So uh, if you would, uh, you'll kind of go with me on the count of three. We're all going to sing this together. So smile uh, when Mr. Rogers would do this. He did not have pouty children. He had smiling children. OK, so uh, let's go ahead and we'll sing it. The words will come up on the screen. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Now let's go to the outro. Won't you please, won't you please, please won't you be my neighbor? Hi, neighbor. Okay. Why don't you say hi to your neighbor real quick, okay? Uh, that would be good, and uh, they'll be glad. Well, Mr. Rogers, uh, more than anyone else, had a huge impact in our culture because he brought Children to a point where they understood what it was to love their neighbor and to love their neighborhood. And over the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about loving where we live to love where we live and how we can engage and invest in our neighbors. Uh, the first neighborhood I ever grew up in was in Marion, Indiana, 2302 South Geneva Avenue. And the reality is we knew all of our neighbors. Uh, just across the street was Mrs. McAdams and her husband. Uh, Mrs. McAdams, we thought, worked for the CIA. Because she would have binoculars. We actually caught her one time with binoculars looking over into our house. A little bit creepy, but she was one of our neighbors. To the south of us, we had Mr. Whaley who had this great garden, gave us vegetables. If you go one house down, was the walls. Uh, Tiffany Walls was the meanest girl I ever met. And uh, I don't mind saying it. And they had the meanest bulldog. And if you rode your bike down that road, that dog would try to bite you. And then you went down a little bit further and there was the Edoms. And you went down a little bit further from that was the Craps. Now, if you went south, what you found was one of my best friends, Jeff Alderson and his family. And then the McQuarrie's lived just down the road from them. Now, the reality is, folks, I knew all. All of my neighbors. We went to their house. We had times where we hung out together. I knew their names and I knew all their kids' names. We knew our neighbors. Now, my question for you this morning is, do you know your neighbors? Do you know the people that live right around you? Do you even know their names? Do you Know what they do? Do you have any concept of what their life is like? If something happened to you, like something catastrophic, would you feel comfortable to going to your neighbors? And on the flip side, would your neighbors feel comfortable coming to your house? You know, in the Bible, it's interesting that the word neighbor is used 150 times. 150 times, God talks about what it means to know your neighbor, how to get to know that person. And when he said know your neighbor, he wasn't talking like a a surface relationship. He was talking about how to intimately be connected with the people who live around you. In fact, in Leviticus chapter 19, so this is in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, the scripture says this, Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's all say this out loud together. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, there is another person who actually says these exact words... And does anyone want to take a guess? He's kind of the main character of the whole story of the Bible who said these words, and his name is who? Jesus. Jesus. Scripture says this in Matthew 22. It says an expert in the religious law tried to trap Jesus with this question. You see, the religious people all the time were trying to trick Jesus. They were constantly trying to get him to fall in some way and to be shown up. And the question was this teacher. What is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And second is equally important. Think about that. He says, this one's really important, but this other one, it's equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all of the demands of the prophets. In other words, the entire Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, all of that are based on these two commandments. You see, Jesus is very clear that if you want to summarize the entire Bible, you can... By simply saying these two things, love God and love your neighbor. Well, for the rest of our time, what I want to do is talk about this second commandment, loving your neighbor. And what does it look like for us today with neighbors that we may not know how to love them? So to unpack this. What I want to do is give to you just two kind of biblical principles of neighboring of what neighboring should look like with those of us who are trying to understand this Jesus guy more and more. Now, the first principle is this, the proximity principle, the proximity principle. Now, the big idea that we want to talk about, first of all, is to love your neighbor. And the way we do that is in two ways. The first one is the proximity principle. So if you're on the stream and you want to type in your on your phone app, uh, the big idea is love your neighbor. And the principle we're going to look at first is the proximity principle. Now, again, who is it that Jesus said you are to love, to love God and who else? Your neighbor. Now, folks, I have a feeling that for some of you, when you think of this concept of neighbor, you think of it in a more general term. You might say, well, I think of it in a wider way, Chris. Uh, when I think of neighbors, I think of my co-workers. I think of, you know, uh, if you're a student and you might think of your classmates. Uh, if you're a parent, you might think of the other parents that help you in raising kids. Uh, if You're in a small group, you might say, hey, that's a part of my small group. By the way, if you're not in a small group, you should think about it, because that's a great way to understand how to love neighbors. But for many of us, we kind of think of it this way. Now, actually, though, when you look at the Greek word, that's what the entire New Testament was written in, the word for neighbor is the word "placium." And what that word means is to be near or near to. That you're close to that person. That you're as close as maybe a neighbor who just lives right beside you. And your neighbors, folks, matter immensely to God. Your your neighbors, let me say that again, they matter immensely to God. And if they matter immensely to God, they should matter to you. If your neighbors matter to God, then they should matter to you as well. In fact, uh, in the passage that we read today in Matthew, uh, there's a parallel passage to that in Luke. So the way that the Bible kind of works is there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Those are uh, the four uh, first books of the New Testament of Uh, they're called the gospels and the first three of them, uh, are kind of interesting. They're called synoptic gospels, or they're called gospels that have similar stories. And the way this happened was, uh, people witnessed Jesus and they wrote a story from that. Now, Matthew tells us this story, but then Luke adds something that Jesus said within this story. And he says, uh, Okay, you guys are trying to trick me on who my neighbor is. And so I want to tell you a story. And he says, one day there was a guy who was walking down a road. And as he's walking down this road, he gets jumped. He gets beat up. He gets left for dead. And later in the day... These two pastor type people walk by and they see this bloody mess that this man is, but they refuse to help because they're running late for church. Have you ever had that before? You're running late for church. You're almost on your way. You see someone off the side of the road, but you're like, I got to get to church. And this is the way these guys were. They they were on their way and they walk right by them because they're running late. And then the unexpected happens. Jesus says a character comes into the story who is absolutely despised by every Jewish person. They can't stand these kind of people. They were called Samaritans. And the Samaritan walks by and he bandages up the man, put, picks him up, carries him uh, on his donkey to a hotel, pays for all of his expenses, and shows compassion for him. And we know that story to be the story of the good what? The good Good Samaritan. And this is where Jesus says, you are to love your neighbors. Now, the thing is, is that for many of us, when we look at the story of the good Samaritan we get confused that the essence or the key of the story is not just, oh, this guy was a nice guy to somebody. But the key is that the religious people of his day was trying to figure out loopholes, how to not care for their neighbors. I mean, the religious leaders were trying to kind of redefine what it meant to be a neighbor. And they were like, we don't want our neighbors to be the people who aren't just like us. We want them to be religious just like us. And so we want to try to figure out how we can't do that because they were more concerned about networking and their own agendas rather than meeting the needs of the people who were right beside them. Now, the truth is, folks, that some of you, In this room, and those of you that are on the stream, you probably have some difficult neighbors, don't you? Don't raise your hand, because then they'll see you. But I have a feeling that some of you have some difficult neighbors in your neighborhood. And you don't think so much about the, you know, Mr. Rogers song. You think like, these people I can't stand. And what you really want to know, are there some exemptions? To actually having to love our neighbor. For example, for when winter was here, maybe someone plowed their driveway and they put snow in front of your driveway. Do I have to love my neighbor? Pretty soon, uh, people will start mowing their yards. And some people won't like your neighbors. And you'll get upset. And if they don't mow their yards, you know, do you have to love their neighbor? Or uh, raking leaves. Uh, one time I had a neighbor that raked all their leaves into my yard. Do I have to love my neighbor if they rake leaves like that? Some of you have neighbors who don't understand sound and going to sleep. And they have really loud music at very inappropriate times. Or sometimes they park their cars on the street in front of your driveway. And the question we all want to know is do I have to love them at that point? I mean, are there some exemptions to this whole love your neighbor thing? No. It's simply love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Folks, there is no one no matter how difficult or different they are to you, who gets exempt from being called to love their neighbors. Now, obviously, uh, Jesus had in mind for us to love more people than just our neighbors, just the people next door. I get that. But wouldn't it be a good thing that if we at least started by loving the people... Who are nearest to us. Wouldn't it be important by loving those people next door? And folks, this is what you need to understand. The people who live beside you are near to you. Were placed there for a reason. The people who were placed near to you were placed there for a reason. You know, I think many of us, we make this whole concept of neighboring much less than what God actually intended it to be. I mean, God placed your neighbors, each one of your neighbors, next door to you for you to actually love them. And as we've tried to make everyone our neighbors in the world, all our coworkers, everyone, our neighbors, maybe unintentionally we've actually created a society in which no one is our neighbor. In fact, many of us have a tendency to actually ignore our neighbors. For example, I bet many of you, you drive to your house and you might wave at your neighbor. But you're hoping so much that they don't walk toward your house. And you push this little device called a garage door opener and it comes up and you drive in. And before you get into your house, you turn off the car and then you close the garage door so no one knows you're there. And you close off every single person, including... Your neighbors. And yet, when we choose not to love our neighbors, we miss out, folks, on maybe the healthiest relationships that God intended for us to have. Author uh, Malcolm Gladwell, in his book Outliers, tells a really cool story about uh, a village in Rosetto, Pennsylvania. It was founded by a group of immigrants who were from Rosetto, Italy. Now, what was so intriguing is that when they looked at this little village, they found out that they had an extremely low incidence of disease in the entire village. I mean, no one, think about this, no one in this village under the age of 55 had any coronary artery disease. No one. And so medical researchers were so amazed by this, that in the 1960s, they went to this village and they were like, we've got to figure out why there is such phenomenal health in this place. And they wondered, like, what in the world are these people doing? Are these people eating certain foods? And they kind of figured that it must have been their diet, that they were really healthy dieting people. But the truth was, they were from Italy, and they didn't have a good diet at all. They just ate all kinds of Italian food with all kinds of things in it, and most of the food intake that they had was exactly the same. And there were, their lifestyles were very ordinary to any other American in the 1960s. However, there was one profound difference in the village of Rosetto, Pennsylvania, of why they lived longer than anywhere else in the country. Do you know what it was? They all knew their neighbors. Every single person in that village, they knew each other. But this is not some new discovery, right? Like, God, in the Old Testament said the way you could have health is to love your neighbors. And then Jesus actually said it's the second greatest commandment to love your neighbor equally as important to loving God. You see, it was God's big idea all along, folks, for you to love your neighbor as yourself. Folks, I want you to know that as you care for and as you get to know and as you love your neighbors, you actually get healthier. You actually feel better because God placed you where you live and God placed your neighbors where they live so that you could love your neighbors, so that you could care for them. I mean, the greatest evangelistic opportunities you have. In other words, the greatest way for you to share God's love to other people is with the people who live near to you, your neighbors. So the first principle to biblical neighboring is to... Understand the proximity principle that I'm here for a reason. I, God didn't just place me in the neighborhood I'm at for no reason. It wasn't just because I like the house, it's because He wanted you to love the neighbors. Secondly, the principle is this the second principle is the kindness principle. The kindness principle. Now, again, uh, I want you to think about this phrase love your neighbor. What is the verb in that phrase? Do we remember English 101? What is it? Good. Yeah, it's love. You're tired today. I know you got an extra, you know, you didn't get that sleep. Like, hey, I'm just glad you're here. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, love, love. You know, the word love can mean many different things. I've heard husbands say, I love my wife. And then the next thing they're like, I really love this pizza. Now, which one do they love more? Uh, people will say, I love my husband. You know, I love the pacers. Uh, you know, I love steak. I think when most people talk about a person that they love and food that they love, there's a little bit of difference that is there. Now, what if this commandment would have said this, like your neighbor? Just like your neighbor. Man, some of us would be like, oh, I could try that. I mean, they drive me crazy, but I could maybe like them. Well, this is what I want to encourage you. If you're not at love yet, I want to encourage you just like your neighbor. Because I'm convinced that if many of us would just start acting like we like our neighbors, then eventually we could kind of ramp up to loving our neighbor. The bottom line, folks, is God wants you to invest in your neighbors. And he says it's the greatest commandment equal to that of loving me. He wants us to sacrifice for our neighbors. He wants us to be able to show kindness to our neighbors. And when we do that, we show love. Well, the good news, folks, is spring is close. Okay, it's coming. And when spring comes, one thing that people do is they plant gardens. Now, I don't plant gardens because I don't have a green thumb. I don't even know how to do any of that. But uh, I do know that if you want to plant a garden, you can get a head start by either going to a store or a rest or uh, to a store. I guess you could go to a restaurant, but uh, you could go to a store or to a greenhouse and you could buy a seedling. And this is where there's this little thing that's already kind of been started for you and it's ready to go. Now, you can do it the old fashioned way, too, and you can get some seeds and you can plant those. But uh, it's the choice is really up to you. And so I'm not much of a gardener at all. So I asked somebody some one time because I didn't know. I was like, what's the difference between a seed and a seedling like is something different with those two. And uh, what they told me is that really, there's absolutely no difference in the two, except that the seedling actually gives you a head start. I mean, you can get the exact same vegetables, folks, from a seed or a seedling. The only difference is with the seed, it's just going to take longer. Now, this is what I want you to know, that in the kingdom of God, unfortunately, there are no seedlings. You have to start with a seed. If you're going to invest in another person, specifically your neighbor, God says it may take a little bit longer. It may take Some more time you have to trust and obey God, even when you don't see progress with your neighbors. So when Jesus said, love your neighbor, there is no promise that you're going to have this immediate connection. You're like, wow, this is so great. It may take some time, some different tries. Also, it doesn't mean a reciprocal relationship. That if you act some kind, uh, if you give an act of kindness, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to return that. And so the reason that Jesus challenges us to do this is because he knows most people don't do this. Most people do not show some act of kindness unless they get it returned to them. So he challenges us and he commands us to love our neighbors because every single one of your neighbors is worth knowing. Let me say that again. Every single one of your neighbors is worth knowing because God placed them there for you to love, to invest in. Now, it's really easy to know how to get to know your neighbors. You listen more than you talk. You see, God gave you two ears and one mouth, and you should use it that way. To listen to their stories, to their dreams, to what's going on in their life. But it won't happen overnight. It takes time. Just like the seed takes time to grow. But the key is to be patient and to pray and to plant and then to trust God and to watch Him grow it. It's in His timing. So, the question is, how are we to love our neighbors? How are we to go about doing that? And the scripture tells us to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I want you to know that it's very, very important for you to love yourself. And some of you, you struggle with that. It's an important piece. But by and large, as I've been around other human beings, most of us don't have much trouble loving ourselves. We think we're pretty good. Putting ourselves above other people, we don't mind doing that at all. I mean, one thing that most human beings have learned is self-preservation. They know how to do anything and everything to preserve themselves. I mean, most of us, we love ourselves. In fact, when you woke up this morning, you're like, I love myself so much, I'm gonna clean myself up. I'm gonna make myself look good. When I get to church, I'm gonna be good. Now, for those of you who are on the stream, we know you're in your pajamas, okay? So wake up, don't go to sleep, uh, because everyone's here. And the, the reality is, That most of us don't have trouble loving ourselves. And Jesus says, but what if you actually spend as much time on yourself as you did loving your neighbor? What would it look like if we showed the same amount of attention and care and focus on our neighbors that we did ourselves? Folks, again, I want to tell you, the people around you matter immensely to God. The people around you, who are near to you, who are right beside you, who live beside you, matter immensely to God. Again, the commandment is clear. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And the second one is like it, equal to it, love your neighbor as yourself. Have you ever thought about how these two commandments like fit together? Because you would think God would have just said, just love me. But he actually says, no, 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 no. I want you to love me and love your neighbor, love people who are near to you. And they're equally important to do these, to love your neighbor. So to get real practical, I just want to give you some ways of how you can love your neighbor this week. The first one is this to pray daily for your neighbors. Uh, it doesn't take long and we actually uh, provided for you a uh, oh here it is. Uh, we actually provided for you a prayer sheet. So if you can pull that out, it's in your cup holder, you don't even have to worry about it of creating your own prayers because we created a prayer each day for you. And so when tomorrow comes, I would encourage you to put this on your refrigerator or in your Bible or somewhere close where you're at uh, constantly, maybe on the refrigerator and just pray, hey, today I'm going to pray for my neighbor that they wouldn't live in fear, but hope. And it will just take you one minute to do that. If you know their names, great. If you don't know their names, then just start praying kind of a generic prayer, but it'll just take you one minute. Now, for those of you that are on the stream, you're like, hey, I don't have that card. We have one for you. Just go to thejar.org slash pray and you can go ahead and get that same card. And what impact would happen in your neighborhood if you just started praying one minute a day for them? So, first of all, I want to encourage you to pray for them. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to connect weekly with your neighbor. Connect weekly with your neighbor. Now, for some of you, you're like, I don't even know my neighbors. I'll show you how to do that in a second. But if you do, you could send them a text. Uh, you could, uh, you know, send some instant message. You could call them on the phone or you might actually want to actually do some act of kindness, principle of kindness for them. And here's one way that someone cared for their neighbor. Let's check out this video.
1: I could say that we, my family and my husband and I are homebodies. We don't do a whole lot. We go to work, come home, have dinner, get ready for school, get ready for work the next day, and go to bed and do it all over again. We kind of just stick to ourselves. We're like, was we Good. How was school, baby? Yes. Well, some people can say we don't have a lot of people in our circle. We just don't really even have a circle. It's just kind of our family. We've been living here for two months now. My husband's name is Omar. We've been married for six years. We have a daughter. Her name's Mercedes. I don't know a whole lot about the neighborhood. We don't know anybody that lives around us. We haven't introduced ourselves. We've seen the neighbors. I can tell you. I know that there's a four other family, three other families that live in the same fourplex. But apart from that, I don't know any of my neighbors. One of the reasons is fear, fear of rejection. It's just, it is awkward um, stepping out of your comfort zone. You're not sure how people are going to react. At my church recently, we've been talking about how God wants us to love our neighbor. And I've been thinking about that. I've been praying about it. In prayer, I I found peace and some comfort. I think it's a step of faith, you know, on my part to let myself grow. Just go out and do it. So our homeowners association sent out a newsletter that we're having a community garage sale. Good morning. So we decided to make some breakfast tacos and um, hand them out. Mm-hmm give them a taco, introduce ourselves, let them know who we are, how long we've lived here, and see if maybe we can establish or build a relationship with them. I am surprised that I'm not nervous, because um, it's not something that I would see myself doing that I... Thought I wanted to do, um, or that I would want to do, and I'm doing it. I wouldn't have done this a year ago. Without a doubt, I wouldn't have done it. Hi, good morning. Omar, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Tanya. Is this your garage? Yeah. Y'all have got quite a bit of stuff. Wow. Oh, yeah. still out. Okay. Well, we wanted to come by and introduce ourselves, take advantage of the, yeah, of the community garage sale, and wanted to bring you guys some breakfast tacos. Oh my goodness! Okay. Look at you. Did you yeah. make these? I did. Uh uh-uh. oh. They're what still kind? they're still warm. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. I didn't of label of them, but. What, what kind <laughs> of them? I think it's important for us to love our neighbors because that's what. You know God's created us to do. It pleases God. Yeah. Marisol, did you meet them? Yeah. They live yeah. down the road. Hi, Marisol. Yeah. Hi, nice we'll to meet you. you. Me. Yeah. If you make friendships or relationships, build relationships, trust comes in, love comes in. You only God knows what what will develop and how far you know it will flourish. I mean, we could potentially be making lifelong friends. Bye, it was nice meeting you guys. Bye, Manicela. Goodbye. It wasn't scary. It was was nice. It was um, easier than it was initially. Um, How I was gonna approach them, what was I gonna say, it just came naturally. You know, initially it was scary. Now it's, it's becoming more natural.
0: Well, I want you to know, my neighbors are not going to get any breakfast tacos, okay? Because I don't know how to do that whatsoever. But... With our neighbors over the years, some of the things we've done back in the days when there were blockbuster videos, that's how old I am, uh, we would just get some popcorn and put in a little thing and we'd go to all of our neighbors and we would show love and connect with them. Now we've kind of moved up to candy because there's no more blockbuster and so regularly we go to our neighbors and we just give them candy and say, hey, I love you guys if you ever need anything uh, let us know and I think what the power has been is that by us simply doing this in small ways we've seen many of our neighbors come to Christ because we simply chose to pray for them and to connect and then when God would open up a door then we would invite them to come and many of them came on Easter Sunday. And so in your cup holder, again, it's a little card right here that just says to invite them to Easter. And again, if you're on the stream, you can just go to thejar.org slash Easter. We have one of these for you, and you can invite them on the stream. But what would it look like if you took the risk over these next three weeks and you prayed for your neighbor and you tried to connect with a neighbor or two, and then you had an opportunity to invite them, and their life was changed for eternity, all simply because you chose to obey the commandment, love your neighbor. And I pray that many of you would take that risk over these next few weeks. Let's pray. Well, loving God, thank you so very much for loving us and reminding us that you are always with us, that we matter to you, God. We also know, God, that our neighbors matter to you. They mattered so much. You actually said that this is my second commandment equal to the first one. Love God and then love your neighbor and God if they matter so much to you then they must matter to us Father help us this week to love our neighbors by praying for them connecting with them and God if the opportunity opens itself and we would say hey you might check this out on this stream it's a church I go to where you might just come I'll sit with you you don't have to sit alone and we could see neighbor's lives impacted For all eternity. God, I lift up every single neighbor that is represented in this room and on the stream. And God, we pray that you would continue to give us the boldness to reach out to them. As you keep praying, the reality is that for some of you, you might... Think to yourself today, you know what, I have a void in my life because, man, that first commandment, love God, I just never felt like I was worthy enough for God to love me. But today might be the day where you're like, nope, I need this void taken care of and I need His love, I need His forgiveness, I need His grace. And so today... If a day is any day where you can say, man, I need him in my life. I need his forgiveness. I need his love. I need his grace. I'm going to invite you in a prayer. And if you have prayed this before, great. Join in with other people because we never pray alone. And if this is the first time you've prayed this prayer, then I need this void taken care of. And I invite you to simply repeat after me. Let's pray. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I receive your love. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.